0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Before we get started with worship this morning, I would like to thank everyone who attended our outdoor Thanksgiving service. We had more than 70 people outside, including the participants. We had another 20 plus join us live on Facebook. I'm very grateful for the ushers who showed up, for our moderator Jim Rogers who joined them, and they served as our pilgrim deacons for the day. Very grateful for Chris Wilson and her family. Not only did she get the ushers there, but she served with her children as our pilgrim family. As usual, Scott Bosher and Dr. Julia Brown brought us excellent music. It was just so inspiring and so outstanding. And I would like to give a special thanks to Courtney Osterman, who is just our production technological genius. She filmed it. She broadcasted it on Facebook Live. Uh, She makes us look good. And finally, I want to really thank Rachel Cooley. Rachel did so much work behind the scenes to make it a success. Oh, it was so good to see everybody on Thursday. And we can't wait until this pandemic is beaten and we're back in the sanctuary together. And now I would like to introduce my longtime friend, our vice moderator, head of our personnel committee, Susan Jones. Susan is going to serve as our liturgist today. Susan, welcome.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Welcome to Mayflower Church and our live stream worship service on this first day of Advent. We are thrilled that you're joining us. I'm serving here today along with Pastor Jonathan White Dr. Julia Brown, our amazing music director, and Cantor's Jana DeShane and Scott Bosher. We always thank Pat, our director, for his incredible work bringing this service to you live. This year, and this is something new, we're producing a daily Advent devotional. You may sign up to receive an email every day of Advent with artwork, music, written devotionals, and prayers. A link is provided on our website, and you'll also see that in the weekly e-newsletter. As Dr. White mentioned, we had a lovely time celebrating Thanksgiving with our outdoor service on Thursday. It was wonderful to see each other with safe social distancing and be reminded of the strength and joy of our community. If you were here, you saw Mel Trotter's amazing new shower trailer. This shower trailer travels to places where people have no access to something as simple and important as a hot shower. To learn more about this tremendous ministry and how you can contribute, visit our website. Please note that, unfortunately, our December 1 chamber music concert with the Grand Rapids Symphony has been postponed. We look forward to hosting this program in 2021 at a time when we can safely bring wind players back together again. But even though this concert is postponed, December is a big month for music here at Mayflower. And Dr. Julia Brown is going to share more about this.
2: Thank you, Susan. We have something special each of the Sundays uh, this coming month in December. So next week you can look forward to uh, Paul Austin here on Sunday morning. He's a horn player with the Grand Rapids Symphony. And he and I will be playing original music by American composers for horn and organ. And music for the Advent season. The following Sunday, December 13th, is uh, our traditional Cantata Sunday um, here at Mayflower. And uh, this year we have a virtual Amal and the Night Visitors. It's about a 40 minute work, beautifully uh, set to music by Giancarlo Minotti. Um, The story of a poor shepherd boy and his mother and how their lives are transformed after an encounter with three mysterious kings on some evening. So um, we come together, this is a collaboration with the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys. Uh, The main role of Amal is sung by one of their choristers. Um, And uh, we also have our own children, our youth, um, our chancel choir, uh, and uh, 10 players from the Grand Rapids Symphony who were in our sanctuary in early October laying down uh, the music for us to record to so it's a not to be missed uh, beautiful beautiful musical Sunday on December 13th and then on the 20th we will have a link to another uh, Mayflower tradition which is this Christmas tide one of our favorite anthems and while our choir people came in to record them all they were also recording this Christmas tide so you will be able to enjoy that again with children youth uh, the organ the piano I'm going to get some handbells in there too um, and then on Christmas Eve, uh, another tradition with our children and youth, and that is Night of Silence, which combines the melody of Silent Night with another beautiful original melody. So trying to keep our uh, traditions, trying to keep our, what feels familiar and comforting and uh, wonderful in this Advent season during this difficult year.
1: Thank you, Julia, so much to look forward to in the coming weeks. And now let us begin our time of worship with the lighting of the candle of hope.
0: where children grow up as orphans where families go hungry and entire regions face destruction by illness God we call upon you to come come in a world where so many have lost hope we call upon you Lord of Hope to come to come in this Advent season we await your coming We await for the coming of hope into the world. We await for the birth of the Christ child, the coming of God in our lives in a new way. Come, Messiah, come and save us. is in Christ. We pray for Christ to come into our lives in a new way. We, may we become the hope that is alive in our world. Amen.
3: O oh, come Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in law, exile here until the Son of God.
1: Lord, in the words of the prophet Isaiah, "O that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. O Lord, you are our parent. We are the clay. You are the potter. May we all be the work of your hand. May we bring you glory, praise, and honor. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, You came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived. No eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hands of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading for today is from Mark 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to
0: God. Welcome to Advent. Will you pray with me? Holy one direct our minds and our hearts, our thoughts, our actions, to you. Help us to worship in this time of togetherness with you. Amen. Do you ever think what heaven is like? A lot of us do. We speculate a bit. And we think it's going to be grand and glorious, everybody's happy. Like Billy Pilgrim and Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five, everything is beautiful and nothing hurts. But think about heaven and think about that journey. And as we listen to to today's readings from Isaiah and Mark, we see a transformation that takes place. And that transformation comes with a holy, purifying fire that clears us of our illusions, of our dreams, and it brings us to reality. Because what we picture in our imagination is often not what we see in reality. As we move to heaven, and Jesus tells us to start the movement while we are alive. He was not preaching, wait until you die and go to the pie in the sky. Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is with you. The kingdom of God is among you. Start going there now. And we rid ourselves of our illusions and encounter truth, not the little truths that we have through deductive or inductive logic, not the truths that we have through science or through art, not the truths that we have when we see the whole in poetry, but the ultimate truth. And that's frightening because to get to ultimate heaven... We have to give up everything. As Jesus says in the Gospel of John, unless a seed dies and falls to earth, a new life cannot begin. It's frightening to think about that new life because we all have these illusions and we just bank on those illusions. We live in them. We form constructs with them and try to provide protection inside there. And yet we know that is just a fabricated reality created through social and psychological constructs. And that those will fade away with holy fire. If we think about today's reading from Isaiah, we need to place it in context of Hebrew cosmology. For the Hebrews, God was here, humanity was here on earth, and the land of Sheol, the land of death, was here. In this particular reading, Something bad is going on in the middle. Most scholars believe that Isaiah was written over a period of years by at least two authors or two schools of thought. A number of scholars believe that there were actually three Isaiahs that wrote during different historical periods. The reading that we heard today is Israel and Judah In a time of trouble. And with the cosmological prayer, Isaiah is saying, tear apart the heavens and come down and fix this. That is a Hebrew apocalyptic tradition. That is Hebrew eschatology or end times theology. Jesus, as quoted in Mark, is a replication and a continuation of that tradition. It is ominous in the sense that you want the day of the Lord, it comes after suffering, and your illusions are going to be taken away. Keep awake. For you know not when it will occur, not even the sun knows when it will occur. But after the occurrence, after the pain of birth, there is something greater. We learn that in the practice of of worship and prayer. One of my favorite books is The Cloud of Unknowing. It is written by an unknown person in the Middle Ages in Norwich, England. One of my favorite towns in England, by the way. The person, the author, is telling us how to pray. The author wants us to go into deep prayer. And in that prayer, we encounter God. Now, the author tells us in one of my favorite chapters that if you're granted the gift of getting there, it is like you are in this state of unknowing. You've forgotten everything that you are. And you've forgotten everything that is around you. There's a new birth. And you just capture little glimpses of God. The author says, it's kind of fun because God likes to have a good time. We can't completely conceive of God. So the author says, God just shows the holy in parts and then disappears. And so, don't give up. Go chase after that God and see another part. And pretty soon, you enjoy the interplay with God. One of the images... That I use when I think of that passage in the cloud of unknowing is a game many of us have played with our children or our grandchildren. And that's when you hide your hand and you go peekaboo. And the baby looks at you. You do it again peekaboo. The baby smiles and then. Like my grandchildren, after three or four times, the baby starts to laugh. One of them even picked up the phrase peekaboo. Oh, how much fun. I can see the author of The Cloud of Unknowing saying, that might be getting close to what I'm talking about. The Christian mystic of the 20th century, Thomas Merton, once encountered a Hindu mystic. And the two of them started talking, and they talked about shared experiences. Well, in the Christian path, Merton said, we go like this. In the Hindu path, we go like this, the Hindu replied. Merton thought that was interesting. Where do you do this, Merton asked. We do it in a yard in front of the temple. What is that yard called? The Hindu priest gave an answer, but then his eyes twinkled and he looked at Merton and said, We call it the playground. peek We can capture glimpses of heaven. We don't have to wait. And while we know we will be purified, we also believe we are going to encounter God. That's what Advent is about. And we go through a struggle. Andrew Connor, pastor of the Presbyterian Church in Baltimore of Brown Memorial Church, Andrew Connor says, it's tough to get there. And we see the suffering in the world. We feel the pain. And then he says, almost tongue-in-cheek, welcome to the first Sunday in Advent. But there's a breakthrough. More than 70 of us, live, And more than 20 of us, watching on Facebook Live, saw it Thursday. After months of being separated, of months of pain and suffering, of deaths in our congregation from COVID, of cases of COVID in our congregation, one of our members told me, I thought I had the worst case of flu I had ever had in my life. He decided to get tested. He was coming out of COVID. After this suffering, on Thursday, we gathered here on the lawn at Mayflower for our traditional Thanksgiving pilgrim service. I've attended a lot of those services, and I have officiated in a lot of those services in other congregational churches. Thursday was special. It was special when I saw our ushers dressed in black because it was too cold to put on just the pilgrim suit and wearing pilgrim hats. When I saw Chris Wilson's pilgrim family, all mask-ups so that we would be safe. And we drummed our way up the steps in our traditional procession. One of my buddies was filming it and he was a safe distance away so I just pulled my mask down quickly and said, this is me smiling and put my mask up. And he laughed and said, I have that on tape. I loved it when Ruth led us in the opening liturgy read the scripture and prayed. I loved it when the choir was there and Scott led, led us in song, the music Julia had picked out. It was so inspirational. We made mistakes. The wind was blowing. It was cold. and We didn't care. We were together. It was a wonderful glimpse of heaven. And I loved at the end when I used one of my favorite prayers of thanksgiving, and realized when I came to the end what I had done. You see, we didn't call ourselves Congregationalists to begin with. In the 1500s, we called ourselves Independents, and we broke away from the Church of England because we thought the Church should totally reform. We were called radical reformers. And we believe that the parish should be a parish called called by God, not established by the government in the official government church. So we had our run-ins with the Church of England, a real run-in in in the 1650s in the English Civil War, where the Presbyterians and Congregationalists fought on one side and the Church of England and the Catholics fought on the other side. Well, my faux pas, the congregational Thanksgiving prayer that I said on Thursday was from the Book of Common Prayer. One bread, one body, one Lord of all. We've come beyond the English Civil War, I hope. We've, become, we've come beyond the American Civil War. I hope. And then we trekked up to the portico, and oh, heaven was shining. First, Rachel Cooley was there with pumpkin bread that she had arranged to deliver, and every worshiper got pumpkin bread. And then we went by these bins that were overflowing. One bin for the Salvation Army had blankets falling out of it for people who could not afford a blanket as winter comes upon us. I thought of the little kids who would get this brand new blanket, their binky, and how they would hold it. We had another bin, also with clothing, for people who had no warm clothing. And then the coup de gras. A three stalled trailer with showers. I know enough about the homeless people in Grand Rapids to know in the summer they bathe in the Grand River. But in the winter, there is no place to bathe. The money that we send to Mel Trotter in our outreach help pay for that trailer. So when a person living on the street in their own filth at 10 degrees below zero wants to be clean, they can have a shower. I'm going to deviate from my sermon just a moment. I'm not very good about talking about money and we're in the midst of a pledge campaign. I had two goals... When Mark Barger-Elliott told me about, here's the COVID budget. Goal, well, they're both tied at first place. The first part of that goal, no layoffs of our full-time faculty. Freudian slip. I'm, teach- I'm working in a church now, faculty, 36 years of college professor. Excuse me. No layoffs of our staff, our full-time staff. No cutback of staff hours for our part-time staff. And right up there with that goal, as I watched our outreach go down, I promised we have to get that outreach back up to 15%. We're one of the wealthiest churches in this community. There are people who can't do it. There are people in our church who have lost their jobs. There are people who have had their wages cut. There are people who are scared. That's okay. We're going to take care of those people. But there are those of us who can pay, and we need to get 15%. We're Mayflower Church. We've done it in the past, and I pray we do it again. Well, when I saw that trailer, I thought, there's a bit of heaven. Thanks to everybody who came. And so we are called now to walk to heaven in this time of Advent. And I would say to you, welcome to the struggle. Welcome to the calling, the calling of being Christian. Welcome to the joy of helping others. Welcome to the understanding, even though we don't know what it's like, that there is something beyond this life. Welcome to Advent. Welcome, where truth and love and hope abide, this Advent tide. Welcome, where truth and love and hope abide, this Christmas tide. search for God it's worth the effort or in the words I used to say to my children and grandchildren peekaboo in the name of God the creator God the Christ and God the Holy Spirit Amen
1: As people of hope, we trust in the provision and generosity of the Lord and the provision and generosity of this congregation. Your gifts, tithes, and offerings are a blessing. We acknowledge that all we have is yours, Lord. Make us fully aware of how our gifts can be used to bring you glory, honor, and praise, today and always. May our church, community, and world be the recipients of the blessings that flow from this place. Amen.
0: Will you join me in prayer? Holy One, though the earth trembles and the stars shake like leaves, your word will stand forever. Keep us watchful for the day when you will gather the faithful from all the ends of the earth, so that we may greet you in glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
3: still.
0: Oh, great love, mother and father of all, God of hope, who brought love into this world, you reveal yourself to us in love. Be the love that dwells among us. Be the peace that dwells among us. Be the joy that dwells among us. And on this day of anticipation, be the hope that covers the earth. Come into our hearts. Heal our lives. Heal our families. Heal our nation. Heal this world. Remind us as we gather virtually or watching the replay on YouTube that we are the front line in the battle against COVID. When we wear masks, when we distance, and when we stay home. And when the front line fails, we ask you, to bless the workers from police officers to healthcare workers to the custodians who sanitized the rooms when we fell on the front line we ask a special blessing on those who are ill and those who have joined those who have joined you in your everlasting arms
3: still
0: As we pray together, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Save us from the time of trial. Sunday of Advent, the day of hope. Hope in 2020. Hope in a pandemic. Hope in a time of national unrest. Hope when we mourn hope when we worry about the safety of the world. Hope. Jesus was stretched on a cross. Hope. Yes. Hope. In the name of the Father, Son,